Welcome to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs podcast, where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message, so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice, but you're going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact, sharing their story, and transforming lives. My name is Charles Clark. I'm an international speaker and ex-professional athlete, and I believe that everyone has a story to tell, but not too many people are telling it. And that's why I created this podcast, because I'm passionate about helping people break the silence, even if their voice shakes. And today's guest is going to give you the insight on how you can do just that. Today, I have Josh Linkner on with us. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. Yeah, yeah. So before we get started, let the Thrive Tribe know who is Josh Linkner. Well, I like to refer to myself as a creative troublemaker. I was born in the city of Detroit, not the suburbs, as were my parents and grandparents, so deep roots here in Detroit. But um, I started my career actually as a jazz guitarist, and I still perform now. I've been playing for over 40 years. But uh, in, from a business standpoint, I had the chance starting my first company at age 20. Over the next 30 years, I started, built, and sold five tech companies. Uh, I then started helping get startups off the ground, investing and mentoring startups. I was involved in about 100 startups getting off the ground. Uh, and uh, But I'm really passionate about human creativity and about innovation. So I've now written four books on the topic of creativity and innovation. And specific to your audience here today, uh, Charles, I've actually delivered over a thousand paid keynotes around the globe. So I'm deeply familiar with and, and embroiled in the yeah. world of professional speaking. Yeah. So like, talk me, talk about like the first time you finished that, that, that book. What was that experience like for you? Like, what did that mean to you and your family, your legacy, like all that passion you put behind that? What was, what did that mean to you? Well, you know, there's something really cool about a book, you know, even in the digital age, and I'm obviously tech forward kind of guy, you know, podcasts and, and you know, blogs and such, but yeah. there's something permanent about a book. You know, it's like, you know, that someday your unborn great grandchildren might read this book and it's in the library of Congress with your name on it. So you're, you're right. It's a good observation. It really was a sort of a weighty moment. And, mm. and, you know, that book, we were very fortunate in the first week of launch it hit the New York times bestseller list. And man, it was just, it wasn't like you'd think though. It wasn't like a big ego thing. Like, Hey, look at me. I just felt really excited to share that, that content with the world yeah. I knew it would help people in their lives and their businesses and, and i was really thinking about my my longer term legacy and it was it was i mean let's be honest it's a really cool moment you yeah. know to put that much work into something you know most people don't realize it but but to get a book done you know and I, i've written all four of my books every word myself i didn't use a ghostwriter or anything yeah. and the research and you know editing and stuff it's a couple year process per book and it's there's a lot that goes into it so it's a very proud moment once it's finally live yeah especially when it's it's genuinely the, your best you know, it, it's one thing to have it from the stage, but it's one thing to have it from a book where people can, you know, hey, I got something that Josh written and I can take it home with me and meditate on those things. I think it's pretty awesome. So congratulations on that. Kind of walk me to that that story of you arriving to saying like, yo, I'm, I'm called to speak. This is what I this is what I do. I love doing it. And yeah, kind of share that story with me of how did that all unfold? Yeah, so I was the CEO of a tech company, founder and CEO, and you know, I had about 500 people, so I was in front of my team a lot. I would often speak at conferences, and I just loved it. Like I was in the zone, I just loved sharing, I liked the entertainment, like the whole thing was cool. Yeah. And I would often get really nice feedback, like, hey, you were better than the keynote speaker. <laughs> and and the thing is though, I, I recognized full well that I was not a, a professional speaker, I was an amateur. So I decided to take it seriously. I, I, I really did, like you said, felt, felt called to do this. Yeah. And it's really not so much about the, 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 the glory of it. It's about making an impact in people's lives. 
And so anyway, what I did is I worked with a speaking coach for like six months and I invested in this as a business. And I said, I at least got to go from being a good amateur to a bad professional. And uh, that was what I tried to do. I set out to just try to, you know, do the best I could. And then the real funny thing is, you know, many people on the show would probably be curious about is it's one thing what you do and say on stage. It's a whole nother thing what you need to do and say off stage so that you're able to get invited on stage in the first place. Yeah. So I, I would say that I worked as hard on uh, my content and um, marketing and promotion and figuring out how to work with speaker bureaus and such. I did as much work on the business as I did working on the stage. Kind of talk about like that behind the scenes work and not just not just on the business side of that. Of course, we can talk about that, but let's talk about the character side of becoming a speaker because I, I think a lot of people, they want to be speakers, but they don't know the character that's a, that that comes with that invitation. Yeah, it, it's a really good observation. Um, well, I would say this because I, I like you get 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 to hang out with speakers of of all levels and, and experiences. And a lot of times I hear people say, "Oh, I gave a great speech at my aunt's wedding, and I'm ready to be a professional speaker." <laughs> and yeah, right. I'm not saying that they don't have yeah. great like that's awesome. I'm not being critical at all. But but that's like saying, "Hey, I cooked a great souffle, and now I'm ready to open up a gourmet restaurant." Ready you to know, compete like, like, against Bobby. <laughs> Right, against Bobby Flay, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so I, I say to people that, first of all, the, the industry itself is actually very large. In, in North America alone, there's over $4 billion of speeches bought and sold every year. So mm -hmm. I do think there's plenty of room for people that are serious and you're going to treat it as a profession and a craft. But think about, uh, Charles, when you were an athlete, you didn't just like, hey, I'm pretty good at running fast. I'm going to go compete at the highest level. Right. I mean, think about all the training and sacrifice and work. You treated this seriously. This was your life. And so I would say that the, the, the industry itself has very little room for the weekend warrior that just wants to mail it in. And if you do that, you're going to speak at the Rotary Club or something. Yeah. But if, if you're serious and you're, you're deliberate and you're methodical and you're willing to invest and sacrifice in yourself, I think there's a wonderful opportunity for those not only to make money, but more importantly, to make a difference. Wow. I had to pause this message right here because what Josh just said is so true. If you are willing to take speaking seriously, there's room at the table for you. And I want to invite you guys out to apply for the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs program. If you've been thinking about launching your speaking business for months, maybe even years, but you don't know how to get started, or you want to escape that nine to five grind and get recognized as a top speaker, or maybe you got a lot to say, but you don't know how to package that message in a way that takes people on a path of motivation and transformation, then apply for the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs program. We're currently accepting applications. Head to thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply. All right, let's get back to the show. If you're serious and you're, you're deliberate and you're methodical and you're willing to invest and sacrifice in yourself, I think there's a wonderful opportunity for those not only to make money, but more importantly, to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so give, me, give me some character qualities a speaker should have if they're thinking about going in from being a part-time speaker to becoming a full-time speaker or you know, I'm, I'm really just going to step out on this and really want to navigate to to get into this industry. So what do you feel like some of those qualities of, a, of character that a speaker should have if they're going to get invested into this? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, Charles, because it's the opposite of what most people think. Most people think it's all about being charismatic and having all these personal war stories to tell. And it's all about you, me, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's not it at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. A good good speaker, professional speaker, first of all, knows that a speech is a great speech is about the audience, not about the speaker. Mm -hmm. It's not look what I did. It's look what you can do. So there's got to be a real act of humility and service, not an act of boastfulness and arrogance. 
Secondly, I think it takes real grit and hustle and determination. It takes a, a willingness to have patience and kind of you know, overcome adversity and have resilience. So I think that, that people who have strong character attributes can overcome those who have more fame and, and you know, good looks or whatever. Yeah. I think it's, it's really more about those people who are willing to, to, to hum, humbly hustle, who are dedicated to the craft, who really are going after it to make a difference rather than for selfish reasons to make money. Mm. I was like to say, do you have a noble intent or a selfish intent? Yeah. If it's a selfish intent, it's like, yeah, I want to get flown first class. I want to make a bunch of money on stage. I want people to, you know, I'm going to sign autographs. That that people see through that pretty quickly. Yeah. If you have a noble intent where you're going after it, yeah, you'll make money, but it's more importantly you want to you want to serve others, you want to make an impact, you want to you want to work on your craft, you want to be a professional. The money comes as a byproduct of that. And, right. and I feel like the more focused you are on the success of others, the more success you enjoy individually. Yeah, yeah, I always say when you put others first and you make yourself second, you still win at the end of the day. And I, as speakers, we need to learn to be second place finishers. And that's that's a crazy thing for me to say, especially being an athlete. Right. Well, I, I want to win. Give me the gold medal. But I think the biggest mindset shift that that happened for me was when I realized it was so much bigger than me. Uh, this teenage girl, she came up to me at the end of my speech and she was like, thank you for sharing that story, because, man, I feel like killing myself today. But you make me want to live. And I'm like, hold on now. Wait a minute. And. That, that came from with the allowance of me seeing I have to be second in this situation. It's not about, I mean, it's cool that I've, I've won a couple gold medals and it's cool that, you know, I've, I've ran against some of the fastest people in the world. But what does that do for them? And that, that was the question that allowed me to just shift to, to learning to be second. And that's a big mindset shift because in my whole life, I've been taught to win. I've been taught to finish, but when you when you're talking about getting on the stage and you're given a platform to stand on, understand that you have to be the one that's second in that situation. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you're you're definitely putting the priority of your audience ahead of your own. But uh, you know, I, I I like to think of it this way. Um, when, yeah. when so I've never climbed Mount Everest, but as I understand it, people that climb Mount Everest, there there's somebody who's a local, uh, like an expedition leader called a Sherpa. And the Sherpa's job, they, they know the mountain really well, they know the terrain, and their job is to help those that they serve, the, the other climbers, get to the top. But right. the cool thing is when, when the climber gets to the top, the Sherpa gets to the top too. And in fact, the person who's climbed Mount Everest the most in the world is not an individual mountain climber, it's a Sherpa. Yeah. And so I think it, it's almost like not, not like you, even having to say I, I'm subservient to my audience, but more like let's do this together. The and we'll both get up at the top of that mountain. We're going to look at that beautiful you know, scenery together and let's win together. But yeah. it's definitely an act of bringing others up the mountain along with you. It's not, hey, look at me up here and you should, you should right. be real excited to be with me. Right. Well, I'm competing against you. So look at it. Yeah. Right. What was me? Yeah. So, so true. So true. So t talk about your superpower because i believe every every speaker has a great superpower that just comes naturally for them what do you believe your superpower is well i believe the the superpower that i have actually is not unique to me but it's it's human creativity and that's the, mm. my, been my passion for for now 20 plus years and i yeah. write about it and speak about it so so you know as as human beings we don't have x-ray vision we can't fly, you know, we don't have magical powers, but all of us really inside have enormous reservoirs of creative capacity. Yeah. We're hardwired to be creative. That's our natural state. 
Yeah. And I think as a jazz musician, and maybe the way I had a non-traditional upbringing, I maybe brought that skill set out a little forward, and I developed those skills a bit. So, so that may be my superpower. But it's not mm-hmm. like I have this magical superpower nobody else does. Right. You do, and, and everybody in the audience, and that's what's so cool is to me is like helping other people unlock their own superpower of human creativity. Yeah. If I you think, really think about it, yeah. that's the one thing that can't be outsourced or automated. That's the one source of sustainable success, regardless of what what our chosen profession is. Mm. And I, that's why I just love helping other people kind of bring their own superpower to the surface right and and to some degree it's like you give people your superpower right because you're teaching them you're guiding them to to something that they never experienced before whether that's healing whether it's some type of transformation whether that's creativity you're helping people unlock that version of their superpower right so i I think i think that's pretty dope so I want to you know. know I think you captured it right there. And for yeah. those that really want to pursue speaking, you, you nailed it. It's that what find what your superpower is and give it away generously. Yeah. That's what a speaker does is they help everybody that they're in front of get a little bit of their own superpower. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely what the act of speaking is all about. And again, most people don't understand that. They're like, hey, I want to tell all these war stories about me and I want to look famous and I want people to hang on my every word. That's that's not what it's about. It's about finding your own superpower and giving it away generously. Yeah, so true. I want to know this story I hear about with you. You you did this uh, this three day tour right? Uh, well, actually three three speaking inv- engagements in one day. Tell me that story. Well, so I'm I'm you know pretty like you maybe not quite as much, but you know like you're you're, you're you like to hustle and thrive and you know yeah, for me as a speaker if you can beat the clock and do a double header how cool is that right? And so you know and and I'm really open about my fees and I just I'm an open book so like. I, you know, I'm a 35K speaker. So if I can get a second speech in in the same day, even if I have to fly private on a private jet or something between the two cities, it's worth it. So if I speak in Nashville in the morning and take a private jet to, to Chicago in the afternoon, so I have a double header, 70 grand in revenue, awesome. So here's what ended up happening. Uh, I'm always like trying to push the boundaries. So we, we got a date booked for uh, Siemens, which is a, a big company, but but it was here in Detroit in my hometown, early morning gig, no problem. Mm-hmm. Then before, you know, there's months away. So then we get a call from Verizon. Hey, can you do an e- evening gig same day in, in New Jersey? I'm like, oh my gosh, plenty of time. No problem. <laughs> then a couple yeah. weeks later, I got a third call from someone in, um, in, in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is kind of near, near New Jersey, uh, for HSBC bank, this big global bank. And they said, Hey, could you do an afternoon speech? And we're like, wait, what? I was like, could we pull off three in one day? No way. But before we figured that out, actually, Charles, I got a call from Procter & Gamble, an existing client, and said, can mm-hmm. you be in Montreal at noon? And I was like, no way. Could <laughs> we pull this off? Could we pull off the world's first quad header in, in the professional speaking industry? Uh, so my team and I, like, we worked and we choreographed everything and, like, yeah. the jet's ready to go and stuff. So so I did. I banged it out, you know, 8, 8.30 in the morning in, in, uh, in Detroit. And it was, like, this constant, like, race from place to place. And so everything was going perfect. All, all is good. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a big day. Except I was in such a rush that I left my bag at the gig in Montreal. So, and I didn't realize until I got on the plane and I didn't have time to go back to, to downtown uh, yeah. or else I'd miss my other gigs. So keep in mind, my bag had my laptop, my wallet, my passport, all my notes. I mean, like this was bad. Yeah. So we had to just improvise, honestly. So uh, I took off anyway with no wallet, passport, anything. I, I, we, I talked my way through security once I landed and I raced to the next gig and we ended up pulling it off. I, I got back to my house here in Detroit at like 11.45 PM that night. Um, four cities, one was international um, and $150,000 later, it was a good day. 
It was a real good day. I would have went on a little, uh, little vacay after that. <laughs> that's stressful. <laughs> no, but that's 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 definitely exciting, man. To to stretch beyond what you feel is is humanly capable, right? I think we all need to learn to test those boundaries to to really feel out, to figure out like what's inside of me, um, and so that creates a lot of discomfort. I'm pretty sure what was it was for you, right? Yeah, it was stressed out. I mean, there's there's one element of stress and anxiety coupled with this other one, like this this whole sense of possibility and wonder. And I was yeah. like kind of walking that tightrope the whole day. The whole and day. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to encourage other people to do like if it, I'm, I'm not saying if you want to be a speaker, you don't have to do that. Yeah. But but for me, it was kind of a fun challenge. And I mean, of course, all my clients were in the loop, and I, I had double backups and everything other than the bag. But um, you know, and we pulled it off, and all the clients were happy, and the audiences were happy, and everything worked out just fine. So, mm. uh, but but you're right. The point isn't so much about someone going to do four speeches in one day. The point is more about as a speaker, our job is to, you know, liberate what's possible in others. And, right. and if they have their own roadblocks or barriers, helping them kind of bust through them so that they can get on pursuing their calling. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love that. So to get to that place, because I, I feel like that is a, a, a place where most speakers dreamed of, of arriving to, of, you know, having that high speaker fee and being booked or asking to, to, to be that main speaker, it takes a, a level of of excellence, right? Uh, what do you what do you feel is the biggest contributor to your success as a, as a speaker and as an author? Well, I would say I take a pretty deliberate approach to the business. You know, it's not just I, I certainly don't rely on talent. I, I don't. I'm not that strong in that category. Mm. So I, I take a look at the at the at the business. And truly, if you if you dissect a speaking business, there's you're really running three businesses all in one. You're running a performance business. So you have to be great on stage. Yep. You're running a thought leadership business. So you have to have content that's worth sharing. Mm -hmm. And then you're also running sort of a branding and marketing and distribution business. And all three of those have to interact in harmony with one another to ultimately create enough demand and volume. Yeah. The thing I think, uh, you know, many people miss is that, you know, just being good on stage isn't enough. One of the things that I've been really focusing on and advising others recently is that, you know, you're going to hit a ceiling in terms of your fee and your volume if all you do is is rehash cliches and platitudes. Mm. In other words, and, and I, I, I'm not saying you do this. I'm just saying you like yeah, all, all yeah, people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, um, if you come out and like, hey, you got to work hard and it's all about team effort and and you got to do your best and no you got to go for it. Yeah. Like, like we already know that. It's not that those things are bad. It's just that no kidding. Like, duh. Right. And right. so I think what, what a great speaker does versus a good speaker is instead of telling people what they already know, they reveal surprising truths. Mm -hmm. They're able to share something that's fresh and different. So when Simon Sinek said, you know, most people talk about what they do, but the best talk about why they do it and start with why, that was yeah. fresh and different. And yeah. when Brene Brown talks about vulnerability, that was fresh and different. And so if all you're doing is rehashing the, the thought leadership of others, you might be able to eke out a living speaking, but you're not going to really break through. Simon Sinek charges $150,000 a speech and, and, and says no to nine out of 10 speech offers at yep. full fee. But, but the way he got there wasn't because he's just like this magical performer. It's not because he's like super handsome or anything. It's because he revealed something fresh and new. So mm. I think that's a key issue for speakers. I see it all the time. So it's like, I want to talk about leadership, but I want to talk about, you know, being a good communicator. And I want to talk about good customer service. And like, right. those are important things. Awesome. But we already know that. Yeah. To yeah. really bust through, you have to say something fresh and new. Yeah. So let's let's kind of talk about some of those things. Um, what are some things that you would say a speaker, a new speaker, a part time speaker, someone even full time? What are some things that we should stay away from things that we should never do 
to to get to that place of becoming that full-time speaker or becoming that sought-after speaker? Generally speaking, audiences want experts that speak, not professional speakers. Mm-hmm. So when you think about a professional speaker, who you and I would, would call ourselves that, you know, we I say that professional in the same way like a lawyer or a doctor would. I treat it very seriously as a profession. Yeah. But, but if you just are always talking about yourself as a speaker, it sort of implies a bunch of puff and not a lot of substance. Yeah. And so one thing that I would say is that you should you should lean into more about your expertise than the fact that you're a speaker. In other words, if I said, hey, I've been studying innovation for 30 plus years and I've interviewed hundreds of people and conducted thousands of hours of research versus, hey, dude, I talk about, I'm a keynote speaker. You know what I mean? So I think let's let's identify ourselves as an expert first and, and speaker second. Yeah. The other thing I would suggest is I've seen people do this. If you're on stage and you're talking about you as a speaker or talking about another speech that you did, that's the equivalent of being on a date and talking about another girl that you were with. <laughs> so your audience wants this to, you like, they want to feel that it's the first time you've ever said these words that that they are unique and special and so if you're like hey let me tell you about what i did three months ago on this other stage in philadelphia and then two months before that i was in this thing in philippines like that just makes the audience feel bad so -hmm. i think lean forward with your expertise and when you're in front of an audience just like when you're on a date never mention uh, another date yeah (laughs) that's 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 some solid advice right there so i guess my, my last question for today um what would you tell somebody who is new at speaking and they don't know where to get started. They don't know if that's how to structure their speech or how to figure out their niche. Um, They're just starting from ground zero. What advice would you give them to give them a a solid foundation? One solid advice that you would give to them to give them a solid foundation to succeed. Um, I think, you know, so here's the thing. We all speak language you know because because we have conversation and so then we for some reason believe that we should automatically be this fabulous stage speaker and really it's a different thing it's just a learn i I would just say that it's a more of a learn discipline than an innate talent like you are an incredible athlete and obviously a lot of that is hard work and, and effort some of it is genetic like like you're physically like you have really long legs probably if you're a sprinter i have little little teeny short stub legs no matter how hard i try like i'm not gonna run as fast as you no matter what yeah that is just you know probably a a real fact but speaking is really different than that and Mm -hmm. so i would say to a new speaker don't worry so much about how like gifted you are quote unquote i'd say it's more about putting in the work and really treat it like it's a real, like, be serious about it. That's the one thing that bugs me is like when people are just like, oh, whatever, I'll just speak. I, you know, I, I, people love me when I speak at parties. I just could be a speaker. And, and let's, let's honor that stage. Let's realize that's a responsibility to change people's lives. And yeah. if you're going to do it, do it seriously or don't do it. Mm. Doesn't mean you have to do it full time. Like that's a different story, but, but be serious about it. Yeah. And that means working on your craft and developing a message that matters. And, and again, the same uh, intensity that you put into being a world-class athlete. Or someone else put into being a world-class lawyer or, or a doctor or whatever think of yourself as a professional and invest in yourself and learn and have the discipline and, and courage to do it right not just to mail it in yeah so so true that was solid advice and i think that's timeless advice right no no matter how big you are in in the game or just getting started like you can apply that and i think that's a, a quality of excellence that everyone should exude in their life like whatever you do do it to the best of your ability i kind of think about it like you know brushing your teeth right like like i don't want to brush my teeth mediocre like especially i'm talking in front of my wife face i'm getting ready to speak in front of clients like let me do that with excellence (laughs) and so in the same way like we should treat our our business 
with with that same model of intensity of, of making sure that that we're getting every tooth right that we're flossing that we're doing all those necessary things to to have a healthier life and a and a, and a fresh breath like so 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 stay on top of your game y'all like don't slack do things with excellence and that's the beginning to to having a successful speaking career and I just add real quickly that, that I like your brushing the teeth analogy because it's not like you did it once. Like, hey, look, I have really white teeth. I took a photo. Now I don't need to brush my teeth anymore. Right. So like, again, I, I'm not saying this in a boastful way, but I've, I've done over a thousand paid keynotes around the world, millions and millions of dollars of revenue. Mm -hmm. And and I treat this with humility and respect. Like, I, I don't think I'm the greatest speaker in the world. Literally every week I still watch tape. I watch tape of myself and others. I'm always working on my game. I'm trying new stuff. And I don't say this at all in a boastful. I'm, I'm a student, not a master. Yeah. But I think that all of us should should maintain that. Like we got to keep brushing our teeth. If yeah. we want to be world class at something, it's not like you do it once and you get to a threshold and then you just like cash in for the rest of your life. It's it's an ongoing process to, to be the best version of yourself. And whether that's as a professional speaker or an athlete or whatever, anything in life worth pursuing, you owe it to yourself and those around you to be the best version of yourself. So true, Josh. I, I appreciate that. Before we go, where can the tribe find you? Well, I'd love to connect with anyone. at uh, So my uh, website is just joshlinkner.com. I have a brand new book that's coming out April 20th. Uh, it's called Big Little Breakthroughs, How Small Everyday Innovations Drive Oversized Results. That URL is just biglittlebreakthroughs.com. Th this book is by far the best thing I've written. I invested yeah. over a thousand hours in research and interviews with CEOs and billionaires and celebrity entrepreneurs and, yeah. and Grammy award-winning artists. But the whole book, it's, it's the opposite of what you normally think of innovation. We normally think of innovation as like these big giant breakthroughs, but this is about cultivating small daily habits, micro innovations, mm -hmm. and it makes it accessible to us all. So my real mission, and, and I know you're, you're very mission-based focused also, but my mission is to help everyday people become everyday innovators. And whether you could, you could be an everyday innovator as a speaker, but the idea is how can normal people, not Elon Musk or you know Richard Branson, but normal people like you and me, how yeah. can we cultivate human creativity to win better, drive better results? And that's what the book is all about. So yeah, it's biglittlebreakthroughs.com. Awesome. Hey Josh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. My pleasure. Good luck.